I want to talk this morning, we've been talking about our um, culture pillars, so things that are important to the culture of our church, right? Do you remember what last week's was? Yes, last week's was belonging, and the week before that we talked about community. And so today, I get to talk about authenticity and what it is. And uh, so naturally, I googled the definition of authenticity, um, and what I came up with was, number one, it's, you're, you're not a copy. It's not a copy. Something that is authentic is not a copy. Number two, it is the quality of being real or true and of undisputed origin. And number three was just genuine. It's the quality of being genuine. And this is exciting for me today. And, we'll, and we'll, we're going to look at what it means to be authentic for us as individuals and for us as a church in Armadale, and we're going to be looking at 1 John and in the book of James. And really, as I was reading, especially especially in James, I just want to, have you ever started reading the Bible and you just want to highlight the whole book, like every line, you just want to highlight it right to the margins because it's just so good and it speaks to you in such a way that it just kind of ignites your heart a little bit. And uh, so we're going to look at those two books today a little bit. And, um, you know, authenticity has been a little bit of a buzzword recently, hasn't it? And so along with words like organic and uh, has anyone heard the word salty? I don't even know what that means, but I've heard my daughter say it. (laughs) Um, And hustle. Have you heard the word hustle? That's a bit of a buzzword at the moment. Or the word adulting. Has anyone heard that? I can't adult today. Adulting is too hard today. (laughs) That kind of thing. And um, like lots of words in our culture, I think authenticity has kind of taken on its own meaning a little bit, especially within the church. And um, so I want to talk today about what it means in our context and what Pastor Mike and the team envision it means for us as a church. And so I don't know about you, but when, when I think of what it means to be authentic, an authentic person of faith, an authentic Christian... Uh, my mind straight away goes to like missionaries who are giving away their lives in another country in a dangerous place or like a pastor of a massive church who's just doing amazing things for God or um, maybe a famous Christian person who is using their platform to speak about their faith. But what I want to say this morning is sometimes when we do let our mind go there, those people are awesome and they are authentic a lot of the time. But sometimes we can think that to be authentic we need to do those things too. We need to do and be those things. And I just want to say this morning that that's not true. (laughs) And that you and I were not made to be copies of anybody else. So, do you remember last week Rachel talked about the body, all the different parts of the body? Were you here for that? And she did so well. She did a great job. And how, you know, we all need one another We can't just chop off our foot and expect to be a whole body and keep on going. And so to be authentic, it means we are free to not be a copy. But it means that our collective pursuits and beliefs about God shape our living. They shape how we live, what we think about God, what we believe about God. It shapes our actions and our thoughts and our living. Our vastly different gifts and talents are part of our expression of our true faith. And what a relief, (laughs) because the last thing that I want to be is an accountant. Anyone? Maybe the last thing you would want to do is stand up in front of people and sing. Or maybe the last thing that you would want to do is be a childcare worker. Have a think right now. What is something that you would just hate to do? Can you think of a job that you would just not enjoy? 
aren't you glad that there are people in our church and in our community who do want to do those jobs? I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Did you know there are people that get paid to taste new teas, to try new teas? Does anyone feel like that's their calling? <laughs> yes, <laughs> me too. <laughs> but my point is that we cannot be authentic in our faith if we're trying to be somebody else. So what does that mean for us? What does it mean to be authentic but not a copy? I think it just means that our belief in Jesus and the gospel, it just outworks out itself in our lives. And whatever that looks like, it outworks itself in how we love others as well. So Pastor Mike and Pastor Beck have used the phrase um, within our team of don't just talk about it, be about it. Don't just talk about it, be about it. We want to be a church of unique people who, when our community refers to us, they don't say, oh, yeah, she, she's perfect. But they do say they are real. They are real people. They are the real deal. They're not perfect, but they are authentic. But who knows authenticity can't happen without a godly pursuit, without us pursuing a relationship with God. Because for you and I, our authenticity actually comes from becoming like our Father. And what I mean that by that is we, can be, we can't be genuine, healthy, growing believers if we don't regularly build on our relationship with God. If we attend church on Sundays, but our worship and our attention to God, we don't give another thought to it when we walk out the doors, then our faith isn't real. It's not real. I actually really love Sundays, though. Do you love Sundays? It's my favorite. It's my favorite day. We can force authenticity and we can wear a mask for a little while. We can pretend for a little while. But if we're not sustained by God's grace and we only rely on our occasional Sunday behavior, then it's not real. It's not real faith. Or perhaps it is real to a point, but maybe it's just underdeveloped, like it's baby faith. Or maybe even it's a bit of a show. I want you to grab your Bibles and turn with me to 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. You got it? Yell out, I've got it. Or I'm going to look at the screen. <laughs> it says, my dear children, let's not talk about love. Let's practice real love. Listen, it says, this is the only way we're living truly. We're living in God's reality. It's also the way to shut down debilitating self-criticism, even when there is something to it. For God is greater than our worried hearts and he knows more about us than we know about ourselves. And friends, once that's taken care of and we're no longer accusing or condemning ourselves, we are bold and free before God. We are able to stretch out our hands and receive what we've asked because we're doing what he said and we're doing what pleases him. For the average person in town, I think probably their understanding of what it means to be authentic is it just means they, that they want to be themselves and they won't change for anybody. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Like, I just have a fiery temper. I'm just being real. Like, it's just who I am. Or like, I'm not complaining. I'm just being real. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> Warning bells straight away for me. I'm not complaining. I'm just being real. 
Authenticity, if you're a Christian here at ACC, it does mean to not be a copy of somebody else. But I just want to add to that today, because of who you belong to, it means changing to become like him. To become like Jesus. It means becoming a more full and true expression of who God is. I've been reading a little bit of C.S. Lewis recently and he writes about this interesting dynamic um, that Jesus talks about when he asks us. He asks the disciples to, he says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And you can find that in Matthew 5. And so I was just reading, um, C.S. Lewis was talking about all that that involves for someone like me and you. And, you know, to me, it seems like a bit of an odd thing, an odd request that a perfect, amazing Um, eternal God would say, hey, I want you to be exactly like me. Does that put the pressure on you this morning? Do you feel that pressure? Because I do. (laughs) Be perfect as I am am perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Um, And at this point in my life, really, if I could be as perfect as my mum, if I could be as great as my mum, I'd be so happy. (laughs) Like, that's my goal right now. I just want to be like my mum because that would be an achievement. Um, but there is this never-ending tension in your life and mine that we somehow do need to accommodate becoming more like Jesus, even though we feel like we're failing miserably all the time. Anyone? Yeah. So just so you're not panicking right now in your seat, let's just look at this quickly together because we do want to be authentic in how we follow Jesus, don't we? And so it's interesting that in Matthew 5, where he says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, um, in all of the translations, we actually stick with that word perfect. And that probably happened when um, the Greek was translated to Latin, which is perfect, uh, perfectus, um, even though that original word that was written doesn't quite have that sense of like having no flaws, but our English word really does. So when we hear the word perfect, that's what we think, no flaws. Um, So the Greek word here is actually teleos. Can you say it? Teleos. Teleos. And it can mean perfect, but more often it just means well-rounded and mature and whole. And um, if we look at this word, it's actually used in, like, it's used that way in a lot of other places in the Bible. Um, So a few of them are in 1 Corinthians where things like it says, yet the mature teleos among you, uh, we do speak wisdom. Or in Philippians it says, let those of us then who are mature, teleos, be of the same mind. Or in James uh, chapter 1, it says, Let endurance have its full effect on you so that you may be, may be mature, teleos, and complete. So really a more accurate picture of what Jesus was trying to say to his disciples is be mature as your Father in heaven is mature. And that doesn't really make it any easier for us because God is the most mature person, isn't he? (laughs) But it's probably closer to what Jesus was trying to say to the disciples. Be well-rounded, be whole, and be complete as God is. God does not say one thing and think another. God does not pretend to be compassionate while really not being compassionate. God is sincere and wholehearted, and we should be too. This is how people will sense our realness and authenticity is when we take God's word seriously and we love others with a genuineness that actually reflects God well. Do you know, though, you don't have to be perfect to be authentic? 
there's a difference between trying to live an authentic God life and failing. But cl- and then there's a difference between that and then claiming to believe in Jesus, but living contrary to how he wants us to live. So the good news is that mistakes and failings actually make us experts in a way in helping others to avoid the same pitfalls. So look to the person next to you. They're an expert in something. Say, you are an expert. You don't have to tell them what you're an expert in. (laughs) But there may come a day where because of your failings and how God has helped you through them, you will actually be able to help somebody else in that same situation. And I think that that's really exciting. Some mistakes can make us, if we let them, and if we let God do his work in us, some mistakes can make us well-rounded and mature. They teach us and they take the rough edges off. Have you ever learned a huge, massive lesson from making a huge, massive mistake? Oh, I have. (laughs) And it's embarrassing and it hurts sometimes. And if you haven't already, it's actually not too late to learn from your mistakes. Your mistake doesn't have to be wasted because nothing is wasted with God. Nothing is wasted when we allow his Holy Spirit to speak to us in it. And sometimes that's where the gold and the maturity in our character is developed. When we learn from our mistakes, we just need to ask the Holy Spirit, teach me, God, what are you trying to teach me here? I've really messed it up, but I trust you, God, what are you trying to teach me here? And he's so good and so kind that he will teach us something and he will help us grow. Maybe even today there's a situation in your life that does seem messy. I just wanted to encourage you that it doesn't have to be wasted. It doesn't have to be wasted. You can decide to make your mess useful when you allow God into it. So being authentic is is not being perfect. So I just wanted to destroy that notion today that being authentic is being perfect because I don't want to give anybody an excuse to throw their hands up in the air and say, no, can't do it, it's too hard. Because we all feel like that a little bit sometimes, don't we? It's too hard, I can't do it. But you don't have to be perfect. The secret then to remaining authentic, if you're writing anything down, is to not hit pause on the transformation process. Don't hit pause. Don't allow that process of becoming like him to slow. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says that when we think on God and who he is, we become transformed into his likeness. Authenticity then for you and I is not perfection. It's anchored in our continual trust and faith in God. Let's be people who, although we are imperfect, we don't stop becoming like our father. Maybe we could become more like love or more like patience. (laughs) or more like kindness, or more like gentleness or faithfulness. One of the definitions of authenticity I read was that it's done in a, something that is done in a way that faithfully resembles the original, that faithfully resembles the original. And I love that because that's our job. That's actually our job, is to resemble God, to mirror who he is. I think that definition is beautiful to practice real love, to be bold and free before God. I've heard it said that people seek authenticity even if they can't define it 
And I kind of think that God's love is a little bit like that too. People are looking for it. People are looking for God's love, even though they can't quite put their finger on what it is. And I think it's really exciting that you and I, as we begin to build the culture of our church and as we begin to transform into his likeness more as individuals, you and I are the ones that get to show people what his love is like. And that that source of that love that they're looking for, that it's actually Jesus. And I'm pretty excited by that. I read an article this week in relation to authenticity and it said, um, you need to know what you believe and living that out day to day requires action. And that's a big part of authenticity, isn't it? Putting action to your faith, putting action to what you believe. Most of us have been in church for a long time. And we know what God requires of us. We've heard it a million times. (laughs) We know. We know a lot of God's word. I hope you do. And we know how he wants us to live. And we know how much he loves us. We know how much he loves us. We talk about it every week and I'm so glad. And let's never stop talking about it. But we know, don't we? He loves us. He loves you. He loves me. But maybe we're lacking in the doing it. Have you ever heard of the word doxology? So theology is the study of the word. Doxology is the doing of it. It's we do what it says. And sometimes I think maybe we're lacking just a little bit in that, putting action to our faith. If you haven't been here for a long time, I would hope by now that you would at least have picked up on the fact that God loves people. He loves you. He loves me. He loves people. And we should too. And the goal is that no one is left behind and that everyone would encounter God's love. But that actually happens through you and I. That's how God loves people, through you and I. So if you've got your Bible, James chapter 1, verse 22. And I'll just read it to you. It says, Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you're anything but... Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror and walk away. And two minutes later, they have no idea who they are or what they look like. But whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it, is, in, is not a distracted, scatterbrain, but a man or a woman of action. That person will find delight and affirmation in the action. Anyone who sets himself up as religious by talking a good game is actually self-deceived. This kind of religion is hot air and only hot air. Real religion, the kind that passes muster before God the Father, is this. Reach out to the homeless and the loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from the godless world. Maybe, maybe God's love is the mirror that we look into, but we don't look into it to look at ourselves, to see ourselves. We see Jesus and we make it our goal to reflect him to other people. And while you've still got your Bible, 1 John 2 verse 2. It says, here's how we can be sure that we know God in the right way. Isn't that something you want to know? You want to be sure that you know God in the right ways. This is what it says. Keep his commandments. If someone claims, I know him well, but doesn't keep his commandments, he's obviously a liar. His life doesn't match his words. 
But the one who keeps God's word is the person in whom we see God's mature love. This is the only way to be sure that we're in God. Anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live in the same kind of life that Jesus lived. My dear friends, I'm not writing anything new here. He's like, there's no way around it. This is the oldest commandment in the book. And you've known it from day one. It's always been implicit in the message you've heard. On the other hand, perhaps it is new, freshly minted, as it is in both Christ and you, the darkness on its way out and the true light already blazing. Anyone who claims to live in God's light and hates his brother or sister is still in the dark. It's the person who loves brother and sister who dwells in God's light and doesn't block the light from others. I normally read a little bit of the message version of the Bible to um, our kids, sometimes before bed, <laughs> just because it's easy to understand. And um, I read this to them last night <laughs> and I like gave them the eagle eye. Like, anyone who claims to live in God's light and hates his brother or sister, <laughs> and they're all like, feel like the conviction is on their face. I'm like, yes, we talk about what it means to, you know, hate your brother. Anyway, that's just a funny story. But anyway, what I find interesting about this is that just look at that last, this is the message version, but just look at that last sentence. It says, anyone who claims, uh, who, anyone who loves his brother and sister, uh, who dwells in God's light, it says, that last little bit and doesn't block the light from others and doesn't block the light from others and that phrase really caught my attention Um, in the New Living Translation it says anyone who loves a brother and sister is living in the light and does not cause another to stumble and I wonder for you and me personally if part of being authentic is that we live in a way that doesn't block the light from others we live in a way that doesn't block the light from others. We, um, we have a friend who we've known... I'm getting emotional, I'm sorry. We have a friend who we've known for years and years and years. And, you know, do you have those friends? They're kind of like... It's like you're my brother or you're my sister. You are just part of our... You are part of me now. We have one friend like that. And um, for a long time, he, we uh, served God together. We, were, um, we played music together. We led worship together, all this kind of thing. And... Um, we just love him so much and we've always been so close. Um, and so he, had, he went through a little bit of a rough patch and he kind of decided that he wasn't a Christian anymore and he um, found a girl that he fell in love with and, and that was good and he was happy but it didn't end well and just recently he visited and um, just told us this whole story about how things didn't end well for him and um, he was really heartbroken and it was really sad and, um, you know, so we, Andrew and I just, we just decided we just love him. We just love him. No matter what happens, you just love somebody. It doesn't matter what they're going through. <laughs> you just love them. And so we just decided to do that over the course of however many years. And um, yesterday he actually called us and, um, <laughs> sorry. I'm happy. It's happy crying. And, um. He said, I've recommitted my life to the Lord, and I'm all in. And um, he started playing music again. And um, started reading his Bible again and just started to become the person that he already was, but he just kind of drifted away a little bit. And um, 
Our hearts were so happy. We were so happy. He called Andrew and had this big, long talk, and um, it was just so wonderful. <laughs> Are you crying too? <laughs> and, um, and so this is not about us. I'm not, it's not about how great we are, but I just wonder, there are people in our lives like that. And I wonder if we just owe it to them to live an authentic faith. Because I wonder what would have happened if we just decided church isn't a big deal. Like we love Jesus, but we, we won't be involved in church. Or maybe we won't, we won't raise our kids to know Jesus. Or maybe I wonder what would happen if his parents had decided, oh, it's all a bit too hard and we won't live an authentic faith and we'll just do what we need to do and we'll be good people, but we won't pursue Jesus. And do you know what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say is that your faith... Is not actually, it's not only about you. It's not only about you. <sighs> and so I sense a little bit of responsibility here for us. But also I think it's exciting too because if we just concentrate, if you and I, if you, if you personally just concentrate on knowing God knowing who he is, listening to his voice, spending time in his presence. There doesn't need to be an evangelism show. His presence will just overflow and it's a natural consequence of knowing him is we just become like him and people will notice. We become like him and people will ask us. We become like him and people will sense his love in us. And for me, that simplifies it so much. If I just know God, if I just pursue him wholeheartedly, That's actually the biggest, most important thing I need to do. And everything else flows from that. Everything else flows from that. Jesus said, this is the greatest, this is the best commandment. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And I feel like he really knew what he was talking about. He really did. At this point, it was my intention to just go on and talk about what being authentic means for us as a church and what it really looks like. But really, if we are going to be a church that is authentic and that is known for its authenticity, then ACC just needs to be full of people who are authentic. That's what it comes down to. (laughs) We don't want to half-heartedly try to replicate what God is like. We want to actually be like him. And that's our goal. There's no way around it. To become authentic, we must become like what we talk about. We must do what we say. I wonder if you've ever heard this quote before. This is a story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. Has anyone heard this? (laughs) There was an important job to do. Tell someone next to you, this is important. There's an important job to do. And everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought that anybody could do it. But nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. (laughs) We have an important job to do in Armadale, in our families. This is real life for us. We have an important job to do and any one of us can do it. No one left behind. 
And part of the culture that Pastor Mike and Pastor Beck have in mind for our family here is that we are authentic, that we live an authentic faith and we are an authentic church. And it starts with you and me. This family needs you to just begin to figure out or even just to begin to consider today and in the next few days what it would take for you to become a more authentic part of this family. Because we're not complete without you, like Rachel talked about last week. We're not complete without you. And um, so as well as your uh, magnets today, you get number three, you excited? Is everyone lighting them up on their fridge? I'm so excited. Um, So as well as that today, I just wanted to give you some of these kindness cards um, to take with you. Andrew's got some. Actually, if you want one, you can just come and get one from him later. Maybe that's easier. Um, And I just wanted to tell you the story about them. We got them made up ages ago. Basically, all it says is, let's grab one of those. It says, kindness always wins. It's just a little business card. Kindness always wins. That's all it says. On the back, there's space if you want to write a little message to somebody. Um, And it just says an initiative of Armadale Community Church. We're City Church now, but that's okay. We're just going to use them anyway, okay? Because we want to bless someone. So we're just going to use them. Um, And so for ages now, what Andrew and I have been doing, and again, this isn't about me. I'm just trying to give you a real life example. Um, We have one cafe that we go to more than any other cafe, basically, in Armadale. And it's not because it's great. It's just because, I don't know why, we just go there. (laughs) Andrew's friend who works at the fire station owns it, so... Um, We support them in that. And um, so every time we go there with the kids or even on our own, we just, um, we ask the kids or we talk to each other and say, who do you want to pay for today? And sometimes, sometimes it depends what the budget is like. Sometimes we're like, no, we can't pay for them today. They've got six bowls of nachos. (laughs) That's not going to (laughs) happen. But sometimes it's like, yeah, let's pay for them. Let's pay for that lady, you know, whatever. And we just pay for their table when we go and pay for ours. And it's not a big deal. It's just something we do. And then we leave this, we give this little card. We kind of ran out recently, but we'll be giving a little card like this to um, the person at the cash register and just saying, can you just give this to them? It doesn't have our name on it. It doesn't matter who we are. Um, we just want them to know that Armada City Church is kind and we care for you and we care about you. Um, yeah, and so the person on the register just gives this card to them and... The fruit that has come from that over the last few years is amazing. Um, And not just for the people that have ended up with a free meal, but um, we were talking to the guy at the register the other day, and um, musicians, you can actually come, if that's all right. (laughs) Um, We were talking to the guy at the register the other day just as we paid, and he goes, you guys are from the church, hey. This is like after three years of us paying for people's food. (laughs) You guys are from the church, hey. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, we're from, we're from Armadale City Church. Do you know what he said to me? What do you believe? How often does someone walk up to you and say, you're a Christian, what do you believe? What? <laughs> Amazing. I don't know why, but straight away my mind was like, we're not Catholic. You need to make that distinction. I don't know why. <laughs> because for us, it's important that somebody knows that you don't need to go through somebody else to talk to God. Anybody can talk to God. Anybody can. But how amazing that just from that, just from those little seeds of like paying for someone's coffee, that someone just out of the blue just says, what do you believe? And it's not because we're awesome, because <laughs> we're not. <laughs> if you lived with us, you'd know we are not. <laughs> but sometimes it's just because you become a little bit more like Jesus. You become a little bit more generous. 
you become a little bit more kind. And, you know, our culture does talk a lot about kindness, but it is still very countercultural to be kind. To look out for somebody other than yourself is quite countercultural. And so if you want one of these cards, we've got a whole bunch. And could I just encourage you, why don't you just take one? And why don't you just go? You don't have to do the same thing that we've done. You don't have to do the cafe thing. You could pay for someone's groceries, the person in front of you. Or you could just go and pop something in a, in a random letterbox. We've done that before with the kids. <laughs> just like a, ran, like a bag of lollies in someone's letterbox. You don't know them. They won't know it was you ever. But it's just for fun, right? It's just like spreading a bit of kindness. And a bit of joy, because who knows, everyone needs a bit of joy these days. So much. And so, what neighbour do you need to go and speak to this week? What action do you need to put together with your faith this week? Who do you need to come alongside of in this season of life? What do you need to change about how you're stewarding your money or your time so that it becomes God-honouring? Authenticity spills over into every area of our life, doesn't it? What do you need to... Maybe you need to decide today just to begin to pick up your Bible again every day and read it. Just a little bit every day. Does your prayer life maybe need a little, little bit of a reboot? Does anyone ever feel like that? Everything's fine, but you just maybe need a little bit of a reboot. Maybe today's the day. Maybe this week is the week. Do you need to reclaim the habit of sitting and listening to the Holy Spirit so that when he says, go and pray for that person, you just go and do it, even though it's inconvenient? None of us are perfect. I am not perfect. But all of us can grow on this journey. All of us can. And this is the kind of culture that we are slowly growing from baby seeds and the faithful watering of them as a church. And if you're part of ACC, we just encourage you, would you begin to start planting and watering with us in your family, in our city, amongst your group of friends, at your workplace? Would you just begin to plant seeds with us and water those seeds? Last chunk of scripture before we rush off for a cuppa. James 2, 14 to 17. It says, Dear friends, do you think you'll ever get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about your faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, if you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved and say, Good morning, friend. Be clothed with Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? I can already hear <laughs> can already hear one of you agreeing, saying, sounds good, you take care of the faith department, I'll handle the works department. Not so fast. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Faith and works, works and faith fit together hand in glove. Isn't that a good picture? Hand in glove. One of my favorite Bible teachers at the moment, he says, a good sermon is not meant to be agreed with or disagreed with. It's meant to be discussed. So if you walk out of here today and you're like, I loved that. What a great sermon. That's awesome. If you walk out of here and go, I hated that. 
that was horrible. Actually, we've missed the point. (laughs) We've missed the point. So let me leave you with just two questions this morning that you can discuss at home or you can think about as you go out and get your magnet um, after the message. The first one is, what would it take for me personally to become more authentic in my faith? What would it take? Maybe you can just think of one or two things to start with. What would it take for me personally to become more authentic in my faith? And the second thing is, is there something at ACC that we've been talking about that I just need to be about? What do I need to stop talking about and stop agreeing with and just do? So there are your two questions this morning. (laughs) Let me pray for you. God, you are so good and we love you so much, God. We are so grateful for your gift, God, your gift of love and your gift of eternal life that you've given us through Jesus. God, that's such a amazing, creative God would make a way for us to know him. You are amazing, God. We are so grateful and so undeserving, but so grateful, God. We thank you so much for your love for us, Lord, and how you have connected us back to you. We are so grateful. Lord, today and over these next few weeks, as we begin to talk about these things like being authentic and belonging to a community, God, Lord, I pray that you would even, just that song is in my mind, that you would even just bring new wine out of us, God. Jesus, bring new wine out of me, the words of that song say. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. God, I just want to pray for people who are weary, weary in their faith, maybe dry in their faith, God. Lord, would this be the week, Holy Spirit, that you would meet them where they are. God, as we turn our attention toward you this week, maybe in that quiet place, God, maybe at work, wherever we are, As we turn our heart toward you, God, would you speak to us like never before? God, would you stoke the fire in us like never before? Lord, would you teach us to look beyond ourselves like never before? Lord, we want to show people what you're like, what you're really like. your goodness and faithfulness and kindness toward us, God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Would you help us be those people who represent you well in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen.